Have you ever had those moments, though? Let's not do it right now. Let's just wait till tomorrow. And we continue our series today, uh, our Do It Today series. And today we talk about procrastination. Uh, procrastination today. So let me ask you, church family, have you ever put something off? Have you ever said, I'll do that tomorrow? Or I'll get to it next week. Or maybe one of these days I'll do this or that or the other. Now, right now, every single one of us is probably thinking, yep, guilty. I don't know anyone that has ever not put something off. Now, I've known some people who are more proactive and not procrastinating than, than others. Um, I have a real bad habit of procrastinating myself sometimes. I like to be up against that deadline, and I have to get it done in this amount of time. If you give me two or three weeks, yeah, I'll get to it later. That's not always a, a good habit to get into, but uh, it's not necessarily the wrong way. Uh, was it necessarily bad of Andy and Opie to say, eh, let's just not do it right now, let's do it tomorrow. Now, if you've ever seen that episode of Andy Griffith, they're going to find out real soon why it was bad to put stuff off. Because the, within the next uh, couple of seconds, Aunt B is going to call and say she's on her way home. And then they're going to have to get to work. And they're going to have to get busy doing all those pots and pans and all those uh, dishes and all, uh, all the pig pen that they ha- had made a mess of everything with, with old Aunt B being gone. But no, no matter how you choose to clean your house or to mow your yard or whatever the case may be with uh, the things that we have to do in our everyday lives, today I'm going to ask you, Have you ever put something off with your faith in God? Have you ever put something off with serving, with with your ministry? Um, Let's look right now at Matthew chapter 25. The parable of the ten bridesmaids or or the ten virgins. This is what Jesus said. And these are some of his last words, some of his last instructions to his disciples. Matthew chapter 25 says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. And the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was locked. Later, the other five bridesmaids returned. They stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you, too, must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. These ten bridesmaids serves as a very good parable, a very good story uh, for us. Are you going to be prepared, or are you going to be unprepared? Will you get the oil for your lamp and be ready for that bridegroom to come now, or will you put it off for another day and hope that you're not too late? There's so many different things that we could think about here. The fact is, these bridesmaids, they all brought oil, didn't they? They've all brought some in their lamps. 
But what happened? The bridegroom was delayed. And what happened? They fell asleep. Those lamps were still burning. But some of them started to probably go out. They started to get low on oil. Now they, 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 they catch the news that he's almost here. They wake up. The other bridesmaids, they put the oil in there. They, they brought that extra. They're prepared. They're ready. They go out to meet him. And the other five, they have to go back to buy more. Delaying. Not ready. Not prepared. Only to find out that it's too late. Folks, this is a story of all, so many of us. We know that we have to be prepared today. What if Jesus comes back right now? What if he comes back today, this afternoon during lunch? What if he comes back this afternoon when you're watching the Cubs game? What if he comes back tomorrow? What if he comes back in the next five seconds? You know, we just don't know, do we? So I got to ask you, what are you waiting for? If you haven't given your life to Christ, if you haven't, uh, if you've been putting your faith off, if you've been putting your ministry off, what are you waiting for? If you say, I believe, what are you waiting for? Let's look at some of the things that we do in our lives as we procrastinate or put things off when it comes to, first off, our faith. Usually I would start, I would end with something like this, but today I want you to be thinking about it as we go through this sermon. So the first thing that people oftentimes put off is making a decision. Have you made a decision to follow Christ? Have you walked down this aisle? Have you been baptized? Have you had your sins washed away? Have you decided to follow Jesus? If so, then you should be able to answer this question. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven, as the only begotten Son of God, as the, the, the Son of God who, who loves us so much that He died for us. Do you believe in Jesus? If you do believe in Jesus, then you have a decision to make. It's real simple. Your next step to accept Him, to repent and be baptized, as Peter said on that day of Pentecost. People often ask, when should I be baptized, Brother Mikey? Well, I have to ask you this question first. Do you believe in Jesus? Are you ready to give your life to Him? Are you ready to put sin aside and turn towards God? If you can answer yes to that, then you can answer yes to this. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe. Then it's time. Plain and simple. It's not something you should wait for. Every example in Scripture. Look, I promise I've read it. Every example in Scripture. They didn't wait. They did it today. Cornelius, the Philippian jailer. Uh, Paul, the day that he was healed by Ananias. The day of Pentecost, 3,000 people. Any example, we have the Ethiopian eunuch. They didn't wait. They said, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, then let's get baptized today. I'm going to give my life to him today. If you haven't made a decision to follow Christ, if you haven't made a decision to repent, if you haven't made a decision to be baptized I say, wait no longer. Don't procrastinate anymore. Don't keep putting it off. This is a decision that you need to make and that you need to make today. Another thing that we oftentimes put off is our commitment. Maybe we could say our commitment to our church. Uh, Maybe we could say our, our commitment to following. Let's just say it like this. Our commitment to our convictions. Okay, you believe you believe in Jesus What do you believe about Jesus? What does he say to us? What has he instructed us to do? What's your convictions for him? 
Have you put off having a commitment to be in church? Have you put off having a commitment to be obedient? Have you put off your convictions? We're talking about behavior that matches belief, like we've said that term so many times, and I love it because I think it's something that we need to think about every week and every day whenever we have any kind of question about our own personal behavior. Does it match my beliefs? Does it match up with my convictions about who Jesus is? I think along these same lines with our faith, we want to see our faith grow, our personal commitment, our personal convictions grow. What about our kindness? What about our joy? Our patience? Our peace? I'm so proud yesterday of our church family. And, and so many others help besides those that, that attend Hartford Christian Church. They, and I appreciate them very much. But as I looked around and I saw all the folks from Hartford Christian Church, you know, I had saw one thing in common. You all look alike. You all look alike. You know why? Because you're all wearing a smile. Boy, that warmed my heart. That made me so proud as I looked around and I saw my church family and I said, look at those smiles. Look at that joy. Look at the fact that they realize that they have a reason to rejoice because they believe in Jesus Christ. That's called commitment to your convictions. But that's not something that we need to wear every, uh, just every ready fest. That's something that we need to have every single day of our lives. So how else can we get there? What else do maybe we put off? What else do we procrastinate about? How about prayer and study? What about those five that had that extra oil? Be prepared. Oh, be prepared, all right. Look, we, we talk about being fed sometimes. We talk about uh, not only being prepared, but uh, if you in your own uh, faith are only relying on me right now to encourage you, to help to, to build us up, uh, to look to the scriptures to learn, then you need a little bit more commitment. You need a little bit more conviction. What about your own personal prayer and study? Look, your prayer life, how is it? Have you procrastinated about it? Have you put that off? It's easy to do sometimes, isn't it? I'm guilty. I've, I've totally forgotten to pray. I would love to tell you that I've prayed every day in my life, but guess what? I have forgotten. Shame on me. Shame on me. But you know what I need to do? I need to improve. I need to get better. I need to have days where I never, ever, ever forget to pray. The, the scripture says uh, to pray continually. Uh, think about that. To always kind of be in that continued state of prayer or to pray continually as you never forget to have those moments of prayer. However you want to look at it, the fact is that's part of our preparation with our faith. That's part of how we grow. And what about your study? When's the last time you opened this? And don't just say two minutes ago. When's the last time you opened this at your house? And maybe it's not this. Maybe you look up scripture on this. Okay, it reads the same. I'd like to get your hard copy in your hand if you don't have one. But you know what? Look it up on the computer. Look it up on your phone. Read the word of God. Now, sometimes people are saying, well, I've got to make sure I get on this, uh, this steady reading program. And I gotta, I'm having a hard time getting through uh, Deuteronomy or Leviticus. Genesis and Exodus, I want too bad. But then you, you, you get kind of tough throughout there. Listen, folks, don't start there. Here's where I want you to start. Book of Matthew. Here's where I want you to start. If you want to skip Matthew, go on to the book of Mark. Maybe you don't want to read Matthew, Mark. Read Luke. Read the story of Jesus Christ. That's where I want you to start. 
Now listen, I want you to read Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges and Ruth and 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel and 1 Kings and 2 Kings and 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles and Ezra and Psalms and Proverbs. I want you to read all that stuff. It's good. It's scripture. It's the word of God. I want you to read it. Don't start there. Start with the story of Jesus. I promise you, that's what's going to get you hooked. I promise you, that's how we've got our salvation. I promise you, that's going to be more easy for you to understand. I promise you. Read about the Lord. Folks, you want to have your faith grow? Read about the Lord. And don't forget to pray. Every time before you open that book, pray. On Wednesday nights, we've been studying Romans. I think it's been a really good, deep study. It's been a deep study for sure. And every time before we start, we say, Lord, open our minds, open our hearts, help us to understand your word. Don't start in the book of Romans. Start with the story of Jesus, the gospel. But as we learn to not procrastinate and to move forward with our faith, the decision that we know we need to make, the commitment that we know we need to have, what about our ministry? What about you serving God? Now, a whole bunch of you did yesterday. And a whole bunch of you did uh, two weeks ago or a week ago with VBS. A whole bunch of you will today and a whole bunch of you will every day. But, you know, what can we do in our own ministries? What have we been putting off in our own ministries? Well, let's start here. Prayer and study. Sound familiar? Right. We just did that with faith. Proverbs 3.28 says, if you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow, and then I'll help you. So if we're talking about the things that we put off in, in our service, in our own personal ministries, the things that we procrastinate about, don't forget about prayer and study. Yes, it's going to help you grow. It's going to help you uh, to be a stronger Christian with deeper roots and a better foundation because of Jesus Christ, no doubt. But it's also going to prepare you to serve See, it's not just preparing your own heart and soul. It's also preparing you to help others. So why does this scripture work here? If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Probably a lot of you just thought of, maybe if I have um, a cup of sugar and my neighbor comes next door and says, hey, can I have a cup of sugar? Eh, come back tomorrow. Uh, Folks, you've got something at your disposal that is far sweeter than sugar. You've got something at your disposal that you should not wait for with the word of God. Don't tell them to come back. What if you have a neighbor that comes to you today and says, you know, I don't understand what this story about Jesus means. Don't tell them to come back tomorrow. Even if you've got to open it up and look at it with them. Even if you've got to call me or one of our elders. Be ready in your ministry with prayer and with study. If someone comes to you and says, can you pray for me? I've got this health problem. I've got this surgery. I've got... Whatever the case may be, I need your prayers. Man, don't you dare tell them to come back tomorrow. You pray for them right then. And you pray for them later. And you pray for them the next day. And then the next time you come, they come to you and they say, will you pray for me on this? You say, I have been, I will, and let's do it again right now. Folks, be prepared for this. This is a tool at your disposal. You got it. Now use it. So what else do we sometimes put off? In our ministry, just basic service. Have you been putting off serving? Have you been putting off uh, being a part? Yesterday, if you weren't here, was it just because you figured out I'll do it next year? Maybe you had a reason. 
And, and that's okay if you were. It's okay. There's other opportunities. They'll be right around the corner. I promise you. We're a very active and busy church. And folks, I don't know about you, but I'd have it no other way. Because we have responsibility to our community, to the lost, and to each other. Are you prepared to serve, though? It's not just prayer and study. It's also being dressed for service. Luke 12, 35, the first part of that verse says, be dressed for service. Now, if you just thought, yeah, that's right, you're supposed to have a tie on. That is not what this verse says. I'm sorry. So don't even go there. Be dressed for service. What is he talking about here? What is he telling you to be prepared for? What, when God tells you, and in this case, uh, Luke telling the words of Christ, if he tells you to be dressed for service, they're not talking about your clothes. They're talking about being ready to serve. And when we really look into the scriptures and we see what we can do to be dressed and ready to serve God, I think the first verse that comes to my mind is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. And I hope it is yours as well. I'm not going to read the whole verse today, but I want you to. So write that down. Read that verse. It's just a good one. You're going to put on the helmet of salvation. You're going to wear the shield of faith. You're going to have the breastplate of righteousness. You're going to have the belt of truthfulness. That sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the shoes of readiness. Those good news shoes ready to go and to tell everybody about your Lord, about your Savior, about our Jesus. Folks, are you dressed for service? I'm asking you that right now and I want you to think about it. Are you dressed? Have you made that decision? That helmet of salvation? Are you growing your faith every day? Wearing that shield? Have you been declared righteousness, justified by the blood of the Lamb? Do you know the truth? And do you live the truth? You got your sword ready? And are you ready to tell somebody about Christ? To give your testimony or to witness? Have you put off, procrastinated, being a witness for Jesus Christ? The next part of the verse of Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Be dressed for service. Keep your lamps burning. Now you think this fits right into the story of the ten bridesmaids? Because I do. I most certainly do. Keep your lamps burning. Sometimes it's easy for us to get, you've heard this term before, burned out. I think we've probably all been there a time or two in our lives. With one thing or another. It's easy. If the aggravation's there. To get burned out. Folks, don't forget about the responsibility. About the crucial aspect of what it means to witness for Christ. Keep your lamps burning. Your behavior that matches your belief. Your actions. Your attitudes. Keep your lamps burning. The service that we provide. Keep your lamps burning. Some of you might feel a little burned out after a week of VBS and then uh, ready fest right on the heels of it. Folks, it's just too important. Keep your lamps burning. So maybe the better question that we could ask today is, got oil? Is there oil in your lamp? Are you ready to serve? If not, fill it up with some word of God. If not, say a prayer that the, the God that is so awesome. That he sent his son. 
We'll encourage you. We'll fill your cup up. We'll let it overflow with love. Do you have a one? See, your witness is something that I oftentimes feel that we don't look at hard enough. What is that, your witness? That's you being able to say, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, and here's why. Your witness is you being able to say, yes, I'm going to do my best to set the example every day of my life, and here's why. Sometimes that takes time. I would love to say, all right, let's all go out and get witnessing. And then next week we come in here and all the pews are filled and we start to reach everybody and we have dozens and dozens of baptisms every week. I'd love that. Make no mistake, I'd love that. But the fact is, it takes time sometimes. Your witness isn't something that you're going to go out and do once. Your witness is something that you're going to do, hopefully with every minute of every day, of every hour, of every week. Your witness takes patience. You can't just come in to work or school or wherever it may be one day and say, okay, now I'm going to set an example. You've got to set that example daily. If you truly want to witness one good act, people might ignore. But if you live that life for Christ, like we talked about in VBS and last week, we're going to let that light shine so that folks may give glory to God. You got oil? If not, let's fill that cup up. So as we've looked at this today, we've all probably, I hope, been able to look at ourselves a little bit and realize that maybe we have put some things off with our faith. Uh, Maybe we have put some things off with our ministry that we know that we could do or we could do better. Maybe we have put off making that decision Whatever it may be, I have to ask you, what are you waiting for? The time is now. Do it today. Would you please pray with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for being patient with us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to to boldly serve you in all that we say and do every single day of our lives. Lord, help us to not put off these things that we know we ought to be doing. Help us to put them off no longer, to procrastinate no more, but instead be able to serve you today and decide to follow you today. Lord, for all those here today, I ask a blessing. Uh, May they be strengthened. May they be encouraged. Lord, I thank you so very much for our church, our church family, and we collectively thank you so very, very much for your son, Jesus. Thank you for not waiting to send him, Lord, because you you know that we needed him the day that you sent him. Lord, we continue to need him. We thank you so very much for him, and that's why it's in his most awesome name that we now pray. Amen.